From athletes to celebrities to, well, just about anybody, he interviews them all. This is the Quinmar Podcast. All right, and welcome to the Quinmar Podcast. As always, I'm your host, Quinmar. On today's episode, we got uh, comedian, we got podcaster, we have uh, creator, and he's also in his own show, Comics Watching Comics on Amazon Prime and Video. Kevin, and, it, and it's Goatee, correct? You got it. Goatee. I was to say, ah, let's see if he gets it. <laughs> how's it, how's it going, man? Um, the first, first thing I want to ask is uh, how often do people refer to your last name as do, the, do you have a goatee on your face? Quite often. Is it, is it a joke that gets tiring after a while? face for it um the first thing i kind of want to get into is um I, so people don't i know people can just go to your website and kind of check out what you're all about if they haven't heard of you before but like for the listeners like if i was to come into a comedy club and like see you for the first time what should i expect from you like just dirty jokes like is it ever family friendly did you start off like the way that you do it now yeah i've always been the, the same theme uh family friendly mm-hmm. i can do it i just really don't unless i'm forced to mm-hmm. and if that's the gig once uh or if, I'm, or if i'm auditioning i'll tone it down but i mean i, I do like mean ish style stuff uh i love calling out hypocrisy and, and and shitting on stupid points so yeah i mean is, is it family friendly no unless again it's, it's a special night where i have to be clean or it's a private gig where i have to or it's like a family party. I believe it or not, I've done not one but two Sweet Sixteen birthdays. Wow! So, but uh, those are fun because all I did was kind of just screw around with the kids a little bit and then just talk to the moms and flirt with them. That was, that's <laughs> that was easy. That was yeah. really those are really easy gigs. Believe it or not, that's awesome. You think tough, but it went, once you win the moms over, it's 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 a it's an absolute cakewalk. That's a key. Absolutely, always is dating everything. With the mom over, you're good to go. <laughs> um, now, how did you like originally get into comedy? Was it like something kind of people like push you to do? Like, were you just like the funny guy at school? I know you're you're also like into sports. So, like, was comedy always first? Uh wow, it's a lot of questions in one. Yeah, Let's see if I can get them all for you. Was I pushed? No, I'm never. I'm not one to be pushed. I'm. Uh, I'm mostly German, so I'm very stubborn. So no one's <laughs> gonna push me into anything I don't want to do. Uh, but yeah, I've always been told. I shouldn't say always. I sound like a douche. I've been told like, throughout my life, like, hey, you're funny. Like, hey, you're the class clown. You're really about doing comedy. And then I uh, eventually got off my ass and did it. Uh, actually, I celebrated my eight year anniversary yesterday. Wow. So how crazy is that? Yeah. So then, uh, yeah, that's that's what happened. You, 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 then you go to your first open mic, and that's what happens. And it's funny. You can some people will do like maybe three or four opening mics and say, "I'm a comedian," and that's it. You know, I'm officially part of it. Uh, but yeah, you need to do a lot more than that than to have that be able to use that title. Mm-hmm. So now, what was your first kind of stand up like? Like the open mic was it like terrible? Did you bomb, or did you kind of do like fantastic? No one, don't ever listen to anyone who says they do fantastic in their first open mic. They're liars. Yeah. 
Uh, I would never take them seriously. Did I bomb? I did not do well at all. Uh, what my goal was was getting at least like two or three legitimate laughs, which I did, and I did not tell people it was my first time. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's why I, uh, yeah, I did not say, yeah, but yeah, I mean, I was terrible. Don't get me wrong, but I, I did get, like I said, two or three legit laughs on jokes. I'm like, all right, there's something here. And just kept building on that. Absolutely. Uh, you know, there you have it. Yeah, I'm. I kind of. I, I when I was like younger in school, I kind of got the same thing as you, like making jokes in class. I kind of think the class clown make people laugh. But like, how hard was it to translate that onto paper when you're writing for stand up? Like, how, was it a big like difficult to uh, change that up? It, it can be. Like sometimes you listen to interviews and they ask bands or whatever. How long did it take you to write this song? And some people were like, it took me like 10 minutes to bang it out. Some jokes are so easy, they write themselves. Some uh, take a long time to get together. But a lot of the jokes, though, even though you may have it right, right the first time, there's always stuff you can add, maybe even sometimes cut down or trim if, if the times change for it. So uh, is it hard? Yeah, it's 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 hard sometimes. Like, for example, you talk about sports, I'm going to tie this shit in. All in one fell swoop. You can curse in this podcast, right? Abs- absolutely. Great, okay. I, I have a bit I'm trying to get ready about how dumb uh, people who call in the sports talk show sound. Like, I'm a, obviously a sports guy, as you alluded to. Uh, I love, you know, some sports talk radio. But, man, people sound just fucking stupid when they call in with, <laughs> and they say shit like, first time, long time. Like, no one gives a fuck about how many, if it's your first time or your 35th time. It's just... You know, or uh, I'm going to hang up and take my answer off the air. Like, why? What if the host is something horrible? Like, yeah, and the Mets are going to finish 500. By the way, 9-11 was caused by the Jews. Like, Wait, what? <laughs> you can't fire back because you hung up. You can't fire back. So it's just the, they just say and do a lot of dumb shit. I think the one thing that drives me nuts most about people calling or when they say, like, hey, thanks for taking my call. Like, you would never answer your phone ever. Hey, Pete, uh, hello, uh, Pizza Place. Thanks for taking my call. Like, no, they don't have a talk show if they don't have callers. They should be thanking you. Don't thank them. It's a complete, like, beta move. All right, anyway, I just did, like, two of my talking points, three of my talking points, I bit on your show. I should probably kill myself for doing that. That's perfect. Hey, I'm getting free material from you. Yeah, you, hey, copyright. <laughs> I'll come after you. <laughs> um, so, like, I'm going to say, like, I, well, actually, I'm going to ask you, like, how much of your material is, like, it happens in your life. That's all comedy is, correct? No, it's not. It, but it's a lot of it, don't get me wrong. It's mm-hmm. not all of it. Um, depends what kind of comic you are. Some people are storytellers. I mean, I, some people like to talk about random shit. Some people who I just don't find funny love to just do nothing but harp on uh, on politics and especially Trump now with this going on. It's just, that, that, that song's been played and over and over and over and over. It's like, it's like Jericho. I mean, that song was great until people, the radio station just destroyed it, and now it's just boring and awful. Mm-hmm. So it's just, it depends on the type of comic you are. So it's, it, it depends to answer your question. Okay. Um, I mentioned off the top, just changing gears here, that uh, you are into podcasts and you have a sports podcast. How did you um, originally get into the podcasting world? I did, uh, actually, yeah, I had one with my friend Monica Vito, who I call her my comedy wife. Uh, I mean, that we're always together, but we never fuck. That's the difference. <laughs> uh, but she moved out to Denver, where she's back to Denver, where she's from, to go watch out for her, her mom. Is not, who's you know, a little 
is not doing so well. So then uh, you start a podcast. Like actually, how I got the podcast, Monica was she's you know she's a single gal, and I read her posts and, and just laugh and comments. I'm a married guy now, but actually it was funny on my honeymoon. I I got the idea for our podcast. But yeah, it's kind of <laughs> like you know, being a single gal in comedy, just talk about dating and stuff and other things. But it's just but the sports book podcast. That's how it came out to be the sports book box office podcast. Uh, it's found on iTunes and Google Play. Thank you very much. Uh, my buddy Jeff Paul. Uh, he's another comedian, my uh, buddy of mine. And he said we should do a podcast because every time we, we would, you know, link up with each other, see each other out at, at, at spots or, or open mics or whatever, he would say, "Hey, man, you know, we, we talk a lot about sports and a lot about films, and we're both very opinionated." And he's like, "Hey, you want to think about doing a podcast and talking about sports and films?" Like, "Yeah, absolutely. Let's let's do that." So that's how uh, that's how that came to be. Mm-hmm. And do you find yourself listening to podcasts once you started, like actually like, making your own? Uh, no, I was always listening to podcast. I shouldn't say always. I I was listening to podcasts before doing mine, and there, there are just so many goddamn podcasts out there. Really, like, hey man, listen to my podcast. No, uh, <laughs> I have because there are only so many. Uh, there's just so much, so many hours in the day. Like for example, I'll pull my iTunes right now. Like I listen to Adam Carolla, which is a daily podcast. Uh, I listen to a, uh, some house music ones, just for music. That come out like once a week. I listen to How Did This Get Made, which is a movie one, but that's weekly. Um, Fitzdog Radio, Greg Fitzsimmons has a podcast. That's twice a week. Uh, and Legion of Skanks, they're once a week. And then uh, there's a gambling one, but I don't listen to them when they talk about betting on college basketball. I just don't care. But <laughs> so right and then like I said, Nick DePaul, which is also once a week. I think I said that. So let's see. That's one, two, three, like about six, eight podcasts mm-hmm. already. You know, and plus listen to Howard Stern every uh, day. Oh, absolutely. And then I have the sports, uh, and then I have sports talk about Mad Dog Russo on satellite radio in the afternoon. So like, I just do not have hardly any more time in my life for podcasts. It's, huh. You know, it's just, I'm jammed up with everything else going on. Yeah, I think um, before I started making a podcast, like I listened to a few here and there, but then once I made my own. And I also, uh, the job I work is at a warehouse, so I can throw headphones in eight hours a day. So I cr- right. I crush a bunch of podcasts uh, in one day. But, like, uh, yeah, I just I just wanted to get, like, your, your feel on, like, podcasting. Like, I don't know very many people that have a podcast. I don't listen to podcasts. You know what I mean? Well, it's funny you say that. Being that I'm in comedy, every asshole has a con- in comedy has a podcast. It's really? Like- you mean, when you meet someone that doesn't have a podcast, you're like, what? You don't have a podcast? Like, wow, like a comic who doesn't have a podcast? It's, uh, you know, it's it's quite odd. So I, it's also funny, though, at the same point in time, it's like imagine if you worked at, I don't know, for better terms, let's say you worked at McDonald's. And before, like, oh, man, I work at McDonald's, got all this free food and shit. By the time, like, their third weekend, like, I'm so sick of McDonald's. <laughs> same thing we said for podcasts. Like, oh, I'm done with pod. I'm a podcaster. I'm done. I don't want to be bothered with podcasts. Leave me alone, you know? So it's, it's funny. Yeah, I know. I heard, um, I listened to uh, Joe Rogan and Joey Diaz was on it. And uh, he said podcast. He is an absolute delight. Oh, my Joey God. Diaz. Why? Have you, have you like, been around him before? No, I haven't. But his, uh, anytime he's on a podcast, uh, I don't listen to Rogan because it was like two and a half hour yes, extravaganza. Yes. Like, my brother in law loves him. And if he tells me, like, you have to listen to this one, then I will. But anytime Joey D is like on Corolla's or Fitzsimmons podcast or whatever, I'm like, holy shit, we're in for a good one because that guy has fucking stories out the ass. Yeah. So uh, one great. one time he had a funny quote saying, uh, "Podcasts are like assholes. Everyone has one, and most of them stink." 
And that's yeah. literally been in my mind ever since he said it. Oh, ain't that the truth? It really is. You know, it just sat. Now that they're so accessible, you're exactly right. Everyone fucking has them, and a lot of them are just not even that good. I like how we're yeah. talking shit about a podcast on a podcast. Yeah, right. <laughs> People are listening to my podcast, and you're, maybe your podcast, go, these guys fucking suck. They have opinions. Um, now, this is going to get a little more dark, but uh, obviously in the last sure. few years, there's been uh, a, some trouble in the comedy world. Uh, specifically with two comics, Bill Cosby and uh, Louis C.K. Was there, like, an effect in the comedy, like, uh, circle when all that news came out? Like, was there any effect to uh, the comics? Yeah, it's, uh, people will tighten up about rape jokes more so. Uh, what Louis, I mean, Louis's not, what Louis did and what Bill Cosby did are completely different things. That's true, that is true, yeah. What Louis did was the women put themselves in that spot. If they didn't like him whipping his dick out and jerking off on the spot, they had every right to just get up and go. But now they're claiming, oh, I'm scarred. No, you're not. <laughs> you're just trying to make a name and, and be opportunistic. What Bill Cosby did, he's a complete piece of shit and should be uh, ran out of town with pitchforks and, and torches yeah. for being a complete piece of garbage by roofing women and then taking advantage of them. You know, two yeah. different things. Yeah. Same thing with disease. I'm sorry. What's a disease guilty for being a bad date and also yeah. a, a, a boring comic? I just don't get. <laughs> but anyway, what he did, not anywhere near that. But it's just, it, 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 it's opened up a lot of a lot of things. Again, like I said, the, the Bill Cosby's, like the Harvey Fire wine scenes. They they are the ones who, who get fucking who should be ostracized and and, and kicked out of paradise. Whereas, like I said, the Aziz's and the and the and the um, CKs are just victims of the times, where it's people overreacting to something that really wasn't all that bad. Pervy, yes. Criminal, no. Okay, so you you kind of explained um, the situation with Louis CK and Aziz Ansari. Um, is that kind of something that's like happened in like that you know of with other comics, like in your kind of not your circle specifically, not like not associated with you, but like that you know yeah. of? Yeah, a lot. There, there are a good amount of comics. If you look up UCB, people have been accused at UCB of getting girls drunk and doing that. Uh, obviously, I will not name names. You can Google that yourself. No problem. But yeah, but that's UCB is different though. Uh, in comedy, like, look, let's put it like this. There are a lot of people in comedy who are creepy uh, just because their personality. They don't have uh, personality skills. They're very awkward. Uh, so that can lead sometimes, that, that those, those are the people who sometimes leads to, you know, uh, bad communication and bad things can happen so yeah that has happened where people have been uh called out on the carpet for being uh for being scumbags uh -huh. um so being a being a comedian um how often do like i don't know if you, i guess you hang out with a lot of comics but like other people who aren't comics and aren't in that like industry how often do like they expect you to be funny around them and like does that ever get tiring like them not just wanting you to make jokes and be funny the whole time yeah, it's annoying. They're like, oh, you're a comedian. Tell a joke. I'm like, what do you do? Like, oh, I'm in marketing. Oh, you're in marketing? Well, then go make me a fucking bar graph. You know? <laughs> go do a focus group. Like, oh, it's annoying? Yeah, I thought so. So no. <laughs> or you say I'm off the clock. Like, no, I'm not a fucking dancing monkey. You know? <laughs> You'll find that a lot of newer comics will brag about it because it's like the but, – but then if you've been around a while, that's the last thing you do is like you bring it up. Like a lot of times, like I won't say anything unless – 
somehow, A, it comes up from organically or, or there's an opportunity for me that I need to address. Or most of the times, it's my friend saying something. Like if, if we're with my buddies and there's someone new, they'll go, oh, this is Kevin. Oh, yeah, he's a comic. Like, oh, shit, here we go. <laughs> then they you want know? a joke. So, yeah, I rarely bring it up unless I think it needs to. And there's a connection I need to make there and I need to admit to being a comedian. Well, it's pretty rare that, like, you can just make up a joke on the spot. Like, I don't know if it's... I'm going to assume it's the same with you, but, like, for me, if I make a joke or something, it, it has to do with the situation. It pops in my head and I say it. It's not, like, something I sit down and think about. Right. I mean, you, you, you can say something mean, too, but just to get the idea across. Like, oh, say something funny. Uh, your sister hates fucking me. Or, or you're, you know, <laughs> just kidding. She loves it, you know? <laughs> That's actually a good one. See, I'm gonna steal just, that like, one. There's just stuff like that you just pull out, and it's like, see, get it? It's annoying, right? There yeah. You go. But, yeah, yeah. I, I, but I think if you do the, you know, like I said, the other one, like, oh, what do you do? And then you turn it around on them, they'll go, oh yeah, I don't really want to fucking be associated with with uh, work after I'm not working or not during work hours or uh -huh. whatever. Yeah, yeah, it's like a, a nine to five, and you're off the clock, like you said. Um, right. now, um, being a comedian, like, uh, you said for eight years now, how right. different besides like what you said with like the rape jokes, kind of have to back off of those, um, how different is like the industry been in the last, since you started? It's definitely tightened up. Audiences, it depends where you are in the city. People can get very tight, very quickly. But if you're on the road out, out of Manhattan, well, even out of the city, uh, the further out you go, the more rope you get. People, I think because they're inundated with comedy, they, they, they just sit there with their arms crossed, and they hear something they don't like, they get immediately, quote-unquote, offended. You can get away with way more uh, on the road than you can out in some of these, like, like I said, the city uh, and whatnot. Mm -hmm. So that, that's how it's changed. I think people are just trying to prove how progressive they are by pretending to be offended when, like, give me a break. You know, are you going to go write a TV station a letter now because you saw something? No. You're going to go change your fucking channel and go, I'm not going to watch that show again because it, it does not, I don't agree with that. And that's fine. It's just the people who vocalize their opinions and have to be a, a huge blowhard. Those are the assholes. Mm -hmm. so. uh, um, now, this is going to be a two-part question, but uh, I, know sure. it's, I know it's hard to predict, obviously, but like... Um, where do you, would you see stand-up comedy be in another eight years from now? And then the second part is, where do you like? What do you want to be doing in the next eight years from now? I know you got your show on uh, Amazon Prime and video, and we'll be talking about that. Your voice actor right. and and um, podcaster comedian. So, like, how different do you see like you see yourself doing stuff in the next ten years? Uh, how, I'll address the first one. How do I see changing? If people, if comics really don't stop playing it safe, which is what people are doing now and changing it. Like, comedy's supposed to be for the stuff that you can't say at the water cooler at work. Like, we're, we're, that's what we're supposed to do. We're the last hope for that. And if people start, like, acquiescing to people getting butthurt about subjects they don't like, well, then comedy, as you know, it's going to go away. It's going to become completely sanitized and boring and overrun with boring-ass fucking comedians. And it's just going to probably die off or, or not die off, but be just the business itself will be a shell of what it used to be. What I plan on doing is I actually have a bunch. You kind of touched on a few of the shows. Uh, I really see – Connie is great with these shows and, and how things are popping up for me. Uh, and and I'm, I'm seeing some possibilities may come of them. I really see myself like as a show creator, obviously a host of, of said shows. 
doing that, comedy is kind of taking a back seat to that. Because again, I only have so many hours in the day. I still have a day job. Uh, I got a wife and kids, so I got to be daddy and a husband, uh, as well as these shows. So I've not done as much comedy. But what I think the shows that I'm creating will do is that it is going to create my own audience to is where, hey, that's Kevin from Comics Watching Comics and, you know, Comics Watching Football and License to Kill No Odd Job. They'll be fans of mine. Therefore, I can then use them and say and just bypass everybody else and have like a theater gig if I get to that point of creating that kind of fan base and say, I'm going to have my own, rent out my own theater and, and, and do it that way. Mm-hmm. And instead of just doing the grind of just clubs and such and just go for the, you know, the mega, I don't want to say mega bucks, but, you know, the, the bigger picture. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah, it, at, this, at this point, it's literally all about, like, how much content you can produce and, like, how many things you can be doing at once. And, like, the list of titles you have, I think, is more appealing to, uh, to like, uh, fans and audiences and listeners, right? Yeah, it's it's helping out. Uh, I I think I've leapfrogged some things. I actually have met with some like manager companies, talent agencies, and such. I have met with one yesterday. And like you've you're you're kind of doing it backwards, but doesn't mean it's a bad thing. Whereas if people have a show idea, they'll build they'll do a teaser reel, which I've done, and they'll build up their audience. But I got lucky with getting Amazon on board for Comics Watching Comics, and I bypassed that whole building up your audience and then got onto a platform. So some of these other places who have these huge followings, I don't have a huge following yet, uh, but I got onto a platform. But mm-hmm. yeah, you're right. It's, it's, it really is all about content. I think the, the, the more shows you have, the more op, op, obviously the more audiences you can reach out to and touch and uh and make them fans of yours yeah like yeah like fans of all kinds of things i i like how they mentioned you're doing it backwards you're like the benjamin button of comedy <laughs> um now funny going backwards yeah Great. <laughs> yeah exactly um uh so yeah your show uh comics watching comics where did that kind of start off and like how did you get amazon involved because that's huge correct yeah it, it, I, I think it's pretty cool thanks it's uh how did i get it started one day i was in an open mic Oh my God! I know. I I know it was obviously at least three years ago because I had my the Facebook memory popped up. Uh, actually, the YouTube timeline popped up on the Facebook, and uh, it said, "Oh, congrats!" So yeah, we shot the teaser just about three years ago. So let's just say like three and a half. I was at an open mic with uh, a friend, and it was just comic after comic that day were just shit. It, it was awful, and we were just texting each other like, "Oh my God, this is fucking pathetic!" You know, it was just making you know shitting on them which obviously is not a, 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 a an admirable quality i was like wait this is actually kind of funny well let's actually make something happen with it besides just shitting on people it's not good so then i was watching last comic standing i'm like this is boring like the, the panelists are boring the only person i felt it was anywhere near uh real and truthful was norm mcdonald everyone else was just blowing smoke up up each other's asses so I was like, why not do a comedy show where people are legit getting get what you know, good feedback, as well as kind of show just John Q. Public what comics think of other comics, how we diagram jokes, how we write jokes, what's the scene like, just really pulling the curtain back on it. So that's how the the, the idea came to be. And people ask, what's it like? I'm like, well, I call it Last Comic Standing meets Mystery Science Theater 3000. Mm-hmm. 
How it came to be is another different story. I got lucky. Uh, I know a guy. I know somebody uh, with an in for Amazon, and that's how I got in. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like I, I, since I took broadcasting uh, in college, all my professors ever said is like most of the time it's who you know. Uh, without a question, it really is. Is and just trying to find people who want to help, and that's what the show has really, I think done well is not fall into certain um, certain potholes mm-hmm. that a new first-time show creator like myself would fall into because I know a, a good amount of people who have graciously donated their time, their feedback, their advice, their shortcomings, so that way I don't make that mistake. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's that's been something I've been very fortunate with, and people who also want to just re- hit me up. Hey, how can I help? I want to be part of this. How can I be part of the show and help and blah, blah, blah. And, and that's also something that's been very, very, very helpful. And now, uh, uh, sorry, season uh, season five and six are out or coming out? Five's out. Six is about to come out. We're, we're having technical issues with Amazon. They're very, very picky when it comes to certain things, but it should be up in the next week or so. And then the live show will also air in another week or, uh, sorry, month or two. Mm-hmm. And the live show is the prize that the winning comics get, um, where the panelists vote on them, as well as we showcase the other panelists, uh, the panelists who are on the show. I'm obviously hosting it. Uh, and we also get what's called redemption section to for, uh, for the live show is four people who really ate shit. And I was like, let's give him a second chance. You know, America's full of second chances, right? Just ask anyone who buys New York Mets season tickets, right? <laughs> so we, uh, I gave them all a minute apiece, and then the audience voted via applause on who their favorite uh, comic was that night, and then that comic won a spot right then and there on that show. Wow. So, yeah, and then you'll, so then if you weren't the live show, you'll see what it was like. We sold out Gotham. Mm-hmm. It was in November. It was great. So that's the winning prize. And, of course, the, the whole grand concept is to take, like, winning comics on tour like American Idol does and Last Comic Standing did to different cities as well as have um, like a comics bunch of comics comes to your town like comics bunch of comics comes to LA and then I bring a, like a panelist or two with me and we do like the comics in LA and then pick a winner there you know so yeah. it's, there's like a two prong live show approach and in fact we're working on having uh this at a uh, very uh, a very well-known casino chain. So we're, we're in the talks for that. Maybe it happens. Cross your fucking fingers is all yeah. I say because I think that'd be really huge. Absolutely. Um, <laughs> to have that happen. That's all good. Um, now, when I was kind of doing my research um, about you and like watching your videos, <laughs> the first video I found, I forget where I found it, but uh, I don't know if you say this a lot, but the first two seconds you got on stage, you're like, what's up, fuckers? Now that caught now that caught my eye, like right uh, right at the beginning. Which comic do you look up to, or did you look up to uh, before? Uh, I still look up to uh, uh, David Tellus is one A, and one B is Rodney Dangerfield. I mean, both those guys are just insane. Uh, I love Daniel Tosh. Uh, I relate a lot to him. Uh, good, smarmy, wise ass, ball busting meaner comic, you know, is one of the few guys in comedy who's not, a, you know, an ugly mutant dude. Mm-hmm. I like Tosh. Eddie Murphy Raw was, was probably one of the ones special. Like, I'm like, holy shit, man, this is lightning in a bottle. Chris Rock stuff is great. Um, I'm trying to think who in the living 
Uh, Bill Burr is pretty damn good too. Geraldo was great. But I would say I mean, the, 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 the one, the, the Mount Rushmore for me have got to be um, David Tell, Rodney Dangerfield, and um, I would say probably Rock and Eddie Murphy. You know, the one of the best ones that you miss is Don Rickles. He's great. I mean, obviously he's insane. Uh, he's great. I like I like some of his stuff, but I wouldn't put him on my own personal Mount Rushmore. I mean, don't get me wrong. I said the man's brilliant and a genius. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I like him, but not you know. Again, I wouldn't put him on the Mount Rushmore. He, he, he was a me. king. He, he was a king and uh, the original guy of the roast. Oh, I, well, please, absolutely. You know, mm-hmm. You're not going to get it. If someone says, "Oh, Don Rickles is my favorite," I'm like, "Oh, please, no, no argument from me. <laughs> By all means, carry on." Um, now you mentioned uh, comedy specials, and uh, in the last couple of years, like Dave Chappelle made a huge comeback with his Netflix specials, just destroyed, uh, destroyed Netflix. How often do you watch other stand-up like shows or specials? Like, I'm also a fan of uh, comedians and cars getting coffee with Jerry Seinfeld. So, like, right. are those things that you watch like a lot of the time? I do. I try and watch as many of people that I, I like and respect as possible. Uh, I did see the show. I did see all the Chappelle's. Most of them were pretty good. I thought the the one crowd work one was like ah, it was all right. Uh, the new Rock was pretty good too. I was I I, I enjoyed that. Uh, but yeah, I'm I'm watching a, a lot. But also now I think that you mentioned Netflix. Like it's it's becoming uh, very inundated. With a lot of, I would say, mediocre specials. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but uh, yeah, the, the, it's being it's being inundated. And that's the that's going to be the problem. I think is because of that you're going to have a lot of, like for example, you know when when even I don't know. Let's let's say five ten years ago when an HBO special came out, like you're like, holy shit, this is going to be great. That has lost a lot of luster mm-hmm. with some of the people who have put them out. Yeah, like, I'm just looking at it right now. Like, there's two Dave Chappelle's I'm looking at, two Kevin Hart's, a Chris Tucker, Chris Rock, Trevor Noah, Bill Burr. Like, the list goes on, like, four Kevin Hart's, actually. Like, David Letterman. It's crazy how, like, how many there are. Like, you'll never not have any to watch. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, a couple more things before I let you go here, Kevin. Uh, you live in New York. Is it all what it's cracked up to be? Because, like... I'm a huge, like, I've never been to New York, and I've always wanted to be there. Is it, like, what people think it is? Uh, actually, I, I'm not in, I don't live in New York. I worked, I'm, I'm in Northeast Jersey. I'm, like, a 10-minute ride. Oh, okay. I'm a 10-minute trainer. I'm a, I'm a, I work my day job in the city. My wife and I work, both work in the city. Okay. Is it cracked up? It depends. Uh, it's a lot of, you know, it, it, the weather is, eh, a lot. Um, I mean, the food is amazing. The attitude is amazing. Everything, it's... It, but it also grinds on you. There's a lot of garbage people here in this town, so <laughs> that can take effect. Uh, it's expensive as fuck, so be prepared. It, it can grind you down, that's for sure. Mm-hmm. So it depends when you say what your uh, what your 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 aspirations are or your what you have in mind. It is. It depends. Uh-huh. And. Um... Where you, where were you born? Were you born in New Jersey? Actually, I was born in Indiana. My parents had the good common sense to get the fuck out. <laughs> uh, but I was three, so that was uh, good news to get out of Indiana. Okay, so like your first time like going to New York City was it like holy shit? Like this is amazing. Like Central Park, Times Square, Statue of Liberty, like all the touristy things. No, I, I went there probably when I was young. I mean, my parents took us there. 
to go see stuff, you know. Mm-hmm. So it, it wasn't, you know, we did class trips and shit to like, you know, Liberty, you know, the Statue of Liberty and all that stuff. So it's not like it's not like I went there as an adult and then was blown away. Like again, I I walk by every single day, people doing that for their first time. Uh, and there should be a guidebook about people who come to the city for the first time. There, there need to be rules because people are, are fucking annoying or tourists. They will say that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know what you mean. Um, all right, Kevin. Uh, the last thing I got for you. I want you to plug everything you've got coming up. What's happening right now? Anything you got? Uh, my favorite subject, me. <laughs> yeah. No. What do we got going on? Well, I'll tell you this, Quinn. We're shooting season seven's panel of comics. Watching comics. This Sunday, so you're, and this is the all-star panel. So these are the people that the whole audience, and that's a twist between my show and everyone else's, is uh, for comedy competition, is that here's the thing, is we, yes, the panel, we all, of of tenured comics, myself included, I'm not saying I'm tenured, I'm saying part of the panel, that uh, (laughs) we pick uh, a a winning comic at the the end of every season, but the whole audience plays along, they pick their favorite panelists that they want to see come back. So the, the people have spoken, and we have now we're having our panelists back of Gino Visconti from season five, Sean Lynch from season four, and Richie Redding from season three. We're taping that on Sunday, which is really, you know, excited about that. I can either start writing jokes ASAP. Mm-hmm. So check out season six, though, on Amazon in the very near future. Season five is on. Like I said, on that season, it's Gino Visconti, Mark Riccadonna, Mark DeMeo, and master panelist Jeffrey Gurian. And of course, myself. Comicswatchingcomics.com. We're selling the t shirts on there. Uh, check out some behind the scenes uh, videos and stand up from the panelists on there. Comics Watching Comics on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Uh, Twitter is at Comics Watching. The Sportsbook Box Office Podcast. You can find that on Google Play, uh, iTunes, Lips, and all that good shit. Uh, we're, we've done a, we're actually due to do another episode, I think, next week. So stay on the lookout for that. Uh, Sportsbook Box Office Podcast on Instagram, Facebook, on Twitter. I think it's just Sportsbook Box, but you'll find it. Mm-hmm. And um, KevinGoatee.com, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, all that. Just You'll find my dates. This, uh, this Saturday, I'm up in Newton, New Jersey at a, at a bar for St. Patrick's Day. So that'll be a, a hoot nanny. Uh, <laughs> yeah, just go to my website for the dates. Kevin Goatee, G-O-O-T-E-E dot com. I think I touched it on at all. Perfect. So. All right, wow. Kevin, I do appreciate you joining me this evening. It's been a blast. You make me laugh. I almost piss my pants. Oh, thanks. Quinn. I appreciate it, man. You're a good interviewer, man. Very uh, in your homework. You kept the flowing. Some good stuff on you. Thank you Appreciate so much. the time, Quinn. I'd love to come back. But if you're happy. I'd love it. All right. Thanks a lot, Kevin. Have a great night. You too, Quinn. Take care. Bye.